You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay, hello. Uh, welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, and with me is uh, someone from the Commonwealth of, Ma- uh, actually, uh, Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? Good. Good. All right, we have a special uh, interview today. Uh, this is uh, the month of February, where uh, historically, for the past few years, they've been saying uh, it's been women in horror to so to uh, highlight folks. Uh, in the horror community, uh, whether directors, actresses, screenwriters, or various other artists, um, to basically promote uh, them in uh, what is an underrepresented gender in, in the community. And so we, we decided to do uh, some interviews uh, to focus on, on women. And we do have a guest tonight. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Chloe Carroll, and I am a producer with Fair Crypt. Yep, that's right. And uh, you have actually um, a, close to 30 videos on YouTube, uh, the shorts, right? Yeah, all horror shorts. All right, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and then, of course, you have a, a – yeah, it is awesome. Uh, you do have a, a feature-length film as well that uh, you actually uh, star in as well as uh, – I think you pr- uh, partly produced it as well. Is that right? Yeah, I, um, I produced that uh, with um – the company that I'm part of called Aspire Motion Pictures also. That's my uh, non-horror commitment to film. <laughs> um, and then I have Fair Crypt, which is all my horror shorts. And also horror shorts from other filmmakers, too. So we celebrate all things horror at Fair Crypt. <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, for the motion picture, uh, I didn't say the title, but uh, it's The Honeymoon Phase, which was a uh, uh, release uh, in 2020. Uh, appeared on a number of uh, best of lists for uh, both horror and for science fiction last year. And um, it got a, a pretty, pretty good buzz through uh, the community on, on social media, I noticed. Um, so that, that, that's pretty exciting. Um, now, uh, let's, let's get some questions uh, for you, uh, since you have a lot of material, the, the uh, fair crypt as well as the motion picture. Barrett, why don't you start? So I have a question about the honeymoon phase. So it, it's a it's a harsh movie, and was it hard to get into that role? I mean, it's it's fairly you being abused through through a lot of the movie. So I'm wondering how hard that was for you to get into the mindset for that. Um. So uh, I I'd seen the script well uh, in in many drafts before the final script because my husband wrote it and. Um, the first time I read it, it was obviously like, I was like, wow, this is, this is really dark. Um, but 
uh, Phil's a great director and he really helped me get into those character moments, especially the really dark ones. And we really talked about the character and um, the character's direction well before the day of shooting. So I had the, the like I had so much time to really focus on what I wanted to show of this character and um, the development. And uh, not all actors get that much time. So I was really um, I was really quite blessed to do that and to have so much time to work with it before. And also Jim Shubin, who plays the other lead, he was fantastic in helping me reach those moments too. So, you know, there was some moments where like I, I needed like a tip um, and it just wasn't coming from the normal dialogue. So I'd be like, can you just like shout that to me? Like he was off camera and his half of the scene would be cut because it was on like my, uh, my close up. And I was like, can you do this scene like this? Because then I'll get the emotional response I, I want. And he would do it. And he was he was great. So I was really lucky. I had a lot of um, great people helping me. Um, now, uh, if I read the IMDb, it says, struggling young lovers, Tom and Eve, must endure a 30-day scientific experiment, room board, $50,000, and a month alone together in a research facility housing what could possibly could go wrong. And... Um, <laughs> It's 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 definitely um, cyberpunk. Or, well, maybe not even that, but but it's definitely science fiction, and it's also seems like it's uh, just a few years, maybe ten, fifteen years into the future. Um, did when when your husband wrote uh, the script, and again, Phillips uh, G. Carroll uh, is the screenwriter and director. Um, did did he? have you in mind right from the beginning as, as the, the lead and um, your co-star, um, did he have him as well? Or, or was it something that happened as he was writing the script and, and um, you know, you, you do so many shorts and, and starred in some of those too. So obviously he knew you're a very talented actress. He, uh, he did write the part for me. So I was really lucky in regards to that too, where it was like a role that was written for me. Um, and because he wanted this to be a calling card for both of us when the movie came out um, and help us, you know, get more work. And then Jim, actually, we shot a commercial series for a company, a dentistry company, and he was one of the actors in that. That's how we originally met him. And then we would I was doing this like short film for this competition. I was like, hey, Jim, would you be interested in doing it? And and Phil was like, I think, Jim, th this would be great. And he played my boyfriend in that. And it was like a weird, like, uh, not audition, but also audition for the feature film that he was writing at the time. And then ever, even when we were casting for Tom, Phil was like, I, I want to see Jim Shubin. Like, I really like him for the role. And I think that you guys have chemistry on screen. And then um, he came in and auditioned and Phil was really sat on him playing the part. So, uh yeah, it was almost like he wrote the characters for the actors he wanted. Nice. Uh, Barrett, what do you got? So, the end of the honeymoon phase, I still am not sure what happened. How did you pick the wrong one? <laughs> yeah, well, so, in, in East defense, in that moment, she just shot a lot, a lot of people and um, <laughs> became a murderer and also was told, and then seeing two versions of her husband, um, I hope no one might spoil it on this, because uh, <laughs> I said a whole bunch. Um, so, like, she's, in that moment, she's just so confused and overwhelmed and, you know, just became a murderer and uh, it's just, 
a lot is just thrown at her where she's not thinking quite cl- as clear as she maybe wouldn't be if she hadn't had been through everything that she'd just been through. And this is also like, there'd been months of abuse, you know, well not months, but like at least 30 days before that. So she's just kind of just like all over the place. And then there's two versions of her husband all telling her really intimate things about her that she's like, Oh my God, I don't know which one it is. And she ultimately makes the wrong decision, but in my mind for the character, it's because um, I guess real Tom comes at her and kind of invades that space that she has at the end where she's between them both and she's like, stay back. And it's him who ultimately like comes in and to stop her. And then she's so frightened that she just is like, that's the clone because he's not giving, you know, she's just frightened and she just has to pick one. Um, I, I don't know what I would do in that situation. I, You know, a lot of people are like, why didn't you just, why didn't Eve just shoot them both? Because then you would definitely be free. And I'm like, yeah, but like one is your actual boyfriend, you know? Um, And it made me wonder if the, it made me wonder if the real boyfriend was just as bad as the clone and you were just finding that out at the end. So I wasn't quite sure. It seemed ambiguous to me. Yeah, there's. (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of theories going around about that end scene um, where people are like, well, did Tom always have it in him for the clone to go that bad? Um, not something that we got from our own script, but then we're like, oh, maybe, you know, that, that's actually a good interpretation of the story. So um, I guess there's many different <laughs> interpretations and yours is not the first time we've heard that. So cool. good cat. Okay. <laughs> Now, um, in fit, with the Fear Crypt shorts, uh, you have so many different um, uh, subgenres of horror in in the shorts, and uh, there's vampires and and uh, monsters and and uh, crazy things and all that. Um, so, so it's really, really um, a good, like I guess, resume in a sense uh, for um, what you folks can do and what you can do. Um, what um, made you? Um, well, obviously this role for honeymoon was was more science fiction and was written for you but um prior to that were, were you folks thinking of doing uh something different such as like you know expand one of your shorts before you you went with this or was this actually uh originally going to be a short and it, then it became uh, the motion picture so um before we did the honeymoon phase i'd actually only done two short films under fair crypt it was in its very early stages and then I did the honeymoon phase, and then after that, it was in post for so long, and most of the post stuff, the post production stuff, didn't involve me. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, I want to do another project, and and then I just started filming my own horror shorts. Um, so really, Sacred really took off for me after the honeymoon phase, um, when I just was like, I want to create all these stories, and I was so into it because the honeymoon phase was like my first lead as a feature film. Um, and that was such a, that was like my biggest project. And then after that, I just I just wanted more and I wanted to do more and more. And I had all these horror stories and um, I, I did everything with my husband up until then because we're like a filmmaking team. But he was so engrossed in honeymoon phase post-production. I was like, all right, well, this is my time to just kind of do my own like horror stuff because um, he's not as big of a fan of just strictly horror um, as I am. Um, so I got to do all these projects, and then um, as the channel grew, um, we we have films that have nothing to do with me that are from different filmmakers who um, wanted to put the short film on on the Fair Crypt channel. So it kind of became this kind of like 
um, horror hub for all different filmmakers, which is really cool, where I can have like my original stuff that I made. And also, you know, you can just go there to watch all different sub um, genres of horror. And it's in the early stages now, but I'm hoping to grow it into something um, really big. Barrett. So you've been a horror fan all your life and this is where you see your career growing. And I'm, I'm wondering, and is this, I, I like it because I love horror and I'd like to see more horror. I think it's the best genre out there. So I'm just curious how you got into it. and what I have, I've always loved horror um, ever since I was little. Um, my mum my actually says that, you know, I should have known because when you were like three years old, um, you used to love Beauty and the Beast, the cartoon. And she said, and you would physically cry and get upset when the beast turned into a prince because you were frightened of the prince. <laughs> she was like, and that was so strange and I should have known. And then as I got older, um, you know, when you're a kid, it's that genre that you're not allowed to watch. It's always like the don't watch the horror film. And then when you go to the theaters and you watch like non-horror films, they always have the latest horror film like advertised somewhere. And you're like, what's this? What's that? Um, and then, you start watching them without your parents knowing. And then I, I just loved horror movies because I, I wasn't allowed to watch them. So I, I wanted to watch them and I would scare myself to death as a kid. And then I couldn't tell anyone that I'd watched it because most of the time I'd watched it with no one's permission. Um, and then I would just have nightmares. And then um, as I got older, I got more interested in um, how it was made and I was watching the behind the scenes and at first I thought I wanted to be like an SFX artist and I've dabbled in that um, on occasions. Uh, but I, I became in love with the escapism of just film in general and being able to tell a story that, you know, you and your boring life wouldn't ever explore, um, even if it's like a horror movie. <laughs> You know, even if there's aliens and monsters, I just thought it was just I'd, I'd watch a movie and then I'd think about it for so long and then I'd want to tell people about it. And I was like, you know, nothing that exciting is going on in your normal day to day life. Uh, and I feel like watching horror movies is um, such an I'm sorry, I'm just going to go on talking about horror movies for so oh, long. Yeah, no, please. <laughs> it's uh, it's such an experience, you know, when when you go to the theaters to watch a drama, you go normally because you want to be emotionally invested in someone's like story and normal. Normally, that's kind of like a normal life story. Um, but with horror, you go there because you want to be frightened. You want something to scare you. You want to hold your friend's hand and dig your claws into them and be like, oh, my God, like, are they going to make it out? And. Uh, it becomes this kind of like weird experience for an hour and a half where you are in it with the characters in the horror film and you're like we all need to escape in your head or like how would how would I do that and you know uh, even like with the Saw movies when I watch that with people I like have to pause it afterwards and it's like well what would you do if you were in this situation <laughs> just like you know it, it's just such a weird experience with horror but also a great one and I think uh, an entertaining one too when you know you watch it with someone who's particularly frightened of horror movies and they scream and they're shouting at the TV and I don't know I just I find it so much more fun and now I'm an adult it takes a lot to get me scared but when I am I think it's like this brilliant like adrenaline you know junky moment where I'm like oh my god that was so well done how did they do it and how can I do it in my next movie um Sorry, I rambled on for like a million years. <laughs> no, that was great. 
Yeah. Um, to, to add to that, um, so so we we see why you uh, love horror and got into horror and whatnot. What about just acting in general? Did did you um, learn it back um, when you were in in school or college, or or did you um, take classes, or, or did you just jump into it uh, one day? You said, you know what, I just want to be an actress and and try to star in, I guess, horror films, maybe other type of genres as well. So I, um, I did, I went to like stage schools for performing arts when I was younger, um, like from probably like 10 years onwards. And then I studied, um, performing arts in college, which is still high school for you guys in England. Um, and I was just, I was just not getting it. Like I was, uh, and I can sing, but like not amazing. And with the acting, like, I just didn't feel like I was just never like, top of the class with it and I was like all right maybe maybe acting's not for me um and maybe I should do something behind the camera because I still love film and then I realized that I wasn't studying acting I was studying performing arts and it's very over the top you know and most of the things we were studying were like Shakespeare and um like Brecht and you know all these like types of acting that like I didn't connect with and it was only when I started studying film studies um, that I really, you know, I really started to watch like just TV and film acting and I love that. And then, um, but I still wasn't amazing at it, honestly. <laughs> just, I just still wasn't really getting it and it wasn't clicking. It was like, you know, when someone tells you, um, you know, this character's in love, unless you know what love really is, uh, like it's hard to really play stuff that you've not experienced and yes you can do it and actors do it all the time but for me it was like once I then unlocked the emotion myself uh, as, as Chloe then I could play it um, much better than before uh, and I took like a year off and I did nothing I actually moved to the states and became a nanny like an au pair so I could decide what I wanted to do in university and I discovered all these new emotions as, as a person, <laughs> like, um, and then I was able to really, like, put that into characters, so, like, when Phil wrote The Honeymoon Phase, you know, it's a story, although they're not actually married, married, it's a relationship story, and they start off really in love, and until I got married and really felt what I thought love really was, it was really hard for me to understand what playing in love means, uh, so, <laughs> I've gone off on a tangent again, but I think um, when I really, really knew that I wanted to be an actor was when I was young. But when I really started to learn what it really takes to be a good actor was when I took a break from it and learned emotions as Chloe and transferred them into the characters I want to play. Um, that wasn't really the question. I kind of just went off, but uh, there you go. Uh, no, that that's, uh, that was a, a really good answer, actually. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Barrett, what do you got? So, not of your own work, what is your favorite horror movie? So, this is, I feel like this is a really basic answer, and it's a lot of people's answer, but it's Nightmare, of, N Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's Nightmare on Elm Street because I think it's so clever, um, and I want to do this in my own stuff, I'll think of an idea that... The most scary things are the things that you can't avoid. And Wes Craven took something like sleep and everyone has to do it. <laughs> and he made it frightening. And even if you are not 
scared of the film you will still think about it when you sleep after you watch that movie like could it be uh could like if i have a nightmare now could it come to life and it's just like a clever way of making you immersed in a movie that isn't real by making you question could it be um so I really love that because, you know, if you're really scared of Nightmare on Elm Street, you have to go to sleep that night, you know, and you're probably going to have a nightmare about it. And, you, you know, um, so I think that in a sick way, that's just such clever horror writing. Yes, it is. Now, um, last year, it was a pretty big year for you just for the fact that you became um, the lead of a, a full length motion picture. Um now, how, how did you, I mean, you, you mentioned how you, you know, you got into Chloe and, and her character and whatnot, but what about just being a lead in a movie period? How hard was that for you? Or, or were you able to, um, I guess, since, since, you know, you had a lot of supportive people around you, your husband was there doing the directing, maybe, maybe um, your experience was, was better than say, if it was, uh, a cast thing call and you, you went in and you got hired and, and, and then you had have to lead and whatnot. Um, exp- explain that whole thing of becoming a lead actress in a major motion picture, because it was pretty major for the horror community. Um, thank you for that, talking that up there. That's, um, that's really <laughs> nice of you. Um, so it was really awesome for me because I'd only really done short films or played supporting and features. So you don't really get a super, story or character to explore in short films and especially horror film it's normally like your character dies in the scene and that's the backstory like um it's cut out a little bit there um so like with a feature film like you you really get to explore like a character and who they are and you know kind of almost like not be yeah become that character for this for the um production um so that was really cool because it wasn't kind of just like a basic, you know, this is what your character has to do. It's kind of like, this is who she is. Who was she before? Who's she going to be after? Can you tell that in this long form narrative story? Um, yeah. And that, what was the second half of your question? I'm totally blind. Oh, well, j- just, uh, um, I, I guess the experience of being the lead actress to really be um, the focus um the star rather than like you said, doing supporting roles prior, this, this must've been a big change in how, how it it felt doing this big change. Yeah. So, um, it was just, it was just better because I could explore, um, like long form content with, um, a character that's in it for the whole thing instead of just like a short role. And, um, yeah, it's definitely more pressure to be the lead because you're kind of like helping carry the main story. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's not really that much different. It's just more days on set and more character development. Nice, uh, Barrett. What do you got? So, where should I start with your shorts? I haven't really seen any of them. I've you know I've seen the honeymoon phase, but where should I start on those? I would start from the most recent ones. Um, not that the most recent ones are the best in any case. It's just that you will see like the, um, well, actually, it really, it really doesn't matter where you start. Uh, if you, it, whatever subgenre you like, there's a bunch of different, like, do you have a favorite subgenre of horror? 
I'm more psychological. Like, let's put it this way. Midsummer is one of my favorite movies. Okay. <laughs> I would do psychological. I would do Fused, which is actually um, a Friends of Fake Crypt film. So it's not one that I produced, but that's probably the most psychological on the channel so far. Um, shout out to Patrick Ree, who is the director of that. He's really awesome. Um, he's a horror filmmaker. He's done a bunch of features. Um, yeah, I would say start with that. And then uh, a lot of my stuff, uh, which is it, a new love that I found, is like really campy horror, <laughs> like like uh, like Ticks is very. Yeah, gory. I was gonna say I saw one called Ticks, and that sounded like it <laughs> would be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, Ticks and Nefarious are like gore fest movies. Um, Slash is quite psychological. It's kind of taking the well, it's more like taking the mick out of the horror genre. Um, and then stay quiet. Uh, stay quiet too. That's actually quite psychological. Um, yeah, I would. Whatever, whatever you're in the mood for, you can normally tell by the still that I use on the the thumbnail. Normally highlights kind of like the main focus of the short film. Uh, so the more bloody it is, the more of a gore fest it's going to be, and the more like if it's just a girl. <laughs> Um, or just like a face, it's probably more like psychological. For our listeners, what's the easiest way to get to Fair Crypt and take a look at your material? So um, if you go to YouTube and type in Fair Crypt, uh, it'll come up with our YouTube uh, channel, which is quick access to all the shorts. Um, we do have a website, www.fearcrypt.com, which also has all our shorts. And um, we have a BTS blog on there, too, where I talk to all the filmmakers from each short film uh, about, you know, their short film. So you can if you want to delve more into it and see what the filmmakers and why they made it and, you know, um, questions about the individual film, you can also go to the website and check out that blog. Uh, and I also, in the Friends of Fear Crypt uh, films, so the, the ones that aren't Fear Crypt originals, but they are living on our channel, you can find all the filmmaker info in the description of each film. So if you love a film, reach out to the filmmakers. Uh, I'm sure they would love that. It's, it's, it's a tough business doing short films. Like, you're, you're not in it to make money. So even just one stranger being like, like your movie, I know means the world. So if you see a movie you like, don't feel um, scared to reach out to the director of that or whoever on the team. Um, that would be a nice treat for them. Nice. Thank you. Now, now um, uh, obviously, before the, the pandemic, COVID-19, um, you were doing conventions and whatnot because uh, that's where uh, co-host Mike from the Dark Discussions podcast first met you, and that's how we got in contact with you. Um, and so that must have been uh, exciting to, you know, um, show shorts or, or or whatever you guys were promoting at at these festivals but um what what do you guys do now um for promoting a honeymoon phase because obviously you come on to a podcast like ours or, or maybe do blogs and so forth but obviously you can't go out, out and about to meet people and push it that way at conventions and things um do you guys have any um plans to do conventions in a limited form because of uh what's going on or are you guys just doing um you know packing up and staying at home like like a lot of folks are uh 
Yeah, pretty much that right now, just with the um, COVID numbers. We're also in LA, so it's, you know, it's, it's not great. The numbers aren't great for COVID right now. But when conventions open back up, like, I'll absolutely be there. Uh, conventions are, like, my favorite because, you know, it's, it's the horror community. Most people who don't like horror, if you tell them you're into horror, they're like, you weirdo. Like, why? I don't understand. But when you go to a horror convention, it's all your people. And it's all the people who are exactly like you. And they're like, we love it. And here's my whole store dedicated to, like, my love of horror. And you could just walk around and um, it's amazing. And then I always submit, like, my short horror films um, to conventions because I want an excuse to go <laughs> uh, and um, talk to other horror filmmakers and, and meet all the horror people who are just, like, in general just love horror and they're selling horror merch. And it's just, I, I just really love those. Um, I think they're really great. Uh, even though they're not normally not focused on the films as much as they are, like, just general horror love. But uh, you can find you can find your horror family there. Uh, but with the honeymoon phase, it's actually it, it's out on Amazon Prime right now. So if you have Amazon, you can watch it for free. Um, so check it out if you. Uh, <laughs> I saw I saw it's on uh, Tubi as well. It's on Tubi as well. Yeah, it's on Tubi. It's on a lot of the um, the like um, streaming platforms now. Um, Amazon being the main one. Uh, if you have a subscription. And it's free on Tubi, too. So even if you don't, you can watch it there um, with ads. But, uh, yeah, so if you have a free night, especially now, it's, like, just after Valentine's Day. So now you can watch this and be disturbed with your partner. <laughs> and not then mine. She doesn't like horror. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a horror. It's a sci-fi. Just, you have to just pitch it. She won't buy it. <laughs> she won't buy that. <laughs> That's great. Like, it's a little bit dark, but it is a romance. Um, and then once, and once you finish that you can take it right over to my romance channel Fair Crib and show us some shots <laughs> that's too funny oh man that's great uh, but when you when you were doing conventions were you able to ever um, watch this film Honeymoon Suite with a crowd of folks and, and then do uh, a stage you know where they answer you answer questions or anything or were you unfortunately not able to because it did come out later in in Q three or four of last year? Um, so we didn't um, show the honeymoon phase at any conventions, but we did show it at some film festivals. We were really lucky because it was like right before COVID. The only virtual we did two virtual festivals. Um, we did Fright Fest virtually, and then we did um, the International Sci-Fi and Horror Film Festival virtually because they we were actually supposed to go in person to that, but then it got pushed because of COVID, and it was actually already after the release of the film. Um, so the film was already online while it played virtually because there's always that debate um, to play your feature at a virtual festival. It's just there's so much pirating. Uh, it's so scary. Um, but honestly, the, the second the movie went on to rent on platforms, it was pirated the next day. Like, we, and we, we knew it was going to happen. Like we were warned about it, but like even the trailer. So like the trailer went up and then there was a hundred versions of the trailer on YouTube where people had like, like, why, like, why download a, like a 720 version of the trailer and and 
normally use a horrible still, <laughs> like the worst still. Uh, one is me, like a picture of me, but it's got this weird blue filter on. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I don't get it. But um, we should have known that then if the trailer was pirated, the film's going to be pirated. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a compliment that they're putting the trailer up, but also like, oh, if we could just all filter it to just one place, that would be really great. Um, but that is the film industry, and it happens to the small and the big people. Ah, tough. Yeah. Barrett, what do you got? So with the success of the honeymoon phase, do you have a future feature-length project in mind or that you want to work on or going to work on? Yeah, so um, Phil is doing a dramedy uh, right now, and he's trying to get that off the ground. And I wrote um, with um, some writing partners a version of a short film that is coming on the Fakerip channel soon. The short film's called Alicia, and um, the current feature film is untitled. Uh, we're still working on uh, – we're still deciding on which title we want to go with for the feature film, but it is based on some of the characters from that short film. Uh, it doesn't go exactly how the short film goes, um, but I'm really excited about that. It's about vampires, and it's it's uh, it's very dark, but also fun. So I'm oh, really excited to um, show you guys that. The trailer for the short film is on the Fair Crypt channel. It's called Alicia, and hopefully in the next month or so we'll be releasing the short film, and then uh, hopefully filming the feature film soon. You've got to send that out to investors and see if we can get any interest. But I will keep you guys in touch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I had a question about, um, uh, besides what you just mentioned, um, is is it difficult to to um, I get I guess get auditions and whatnot during the, this phrase of uh, I guess the pandemic? Uh, we, we we were talking to a, another actress. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she said, uh, and she's been, uh, she was one of the stars of It Follows and was on The Deuce and, and a bunch of other stuff. And she said that she has nothing going on because of the the, the pandemic and uh, she's just waiting. So I, I was curious, um, were you able to um, use Honeymoon Phase as a, as a really great a resume uh, booster to try to I guess virtual meet up with, with you know, uh, people who are casting films and TV or anything of that nature? So um, right when the film came out, I was um, I was waiting for it to have been out for a little while before I put it on my reel, especially because some of the scenes I wanted were spoilers of the movie. And as I produced the movie, too, I wanted to protect the movie's secrets, I guess, when it was first coming out and didn't want to blast that in my reel for people who might not have seen the movie to be like, oh, there's two Toms before they even watch it. Um, so then I, you know, me and Phil got managers and then we moved out to LA and I, I'm recutting my reel. It's, um, it's actually going to be released soon. My managers are just doing a recut. Um, and then I was like, all ready, we were all ready to go. And then COVID happened and we were like, God, no. (laughs) And then all the set, all sets were shut down. LA was down. So we moved to LA, but it was just down. Like nothing was happening. Everything was shut. The pandemic was really bad. And you know, we were like super depressed about it, but then like we both were our features during um, 
the pandemic, which, you know, we had more time, especially for the, the weeks that we were out of work because we literally everything shut that, that, that first month. So you had nothing to do. Like no, no one knew what the virus was. They were like, you could get it from your shopping. Uh, we, me and Phil were like in hazmat suits, like, oh my God, like what's happening to the world? And then we just had so much time alone. So we just literally started writing projects, writing short films and um, got a lot of productive stuff done. But as an actor, like nothing was happening. Um, so it was just like writing and a lot of like development stuff. And then the roles that I was being offered, I was like, oh, you know, the virus. And then I just, you know, um, my husband's, uh, you know, um, he's got lung problems. So it's like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't do it. And then I was even more depressed because I had to like say no to stuff. And I was like really picky and weird about it. And then um, actually my, the first one that I'm doing now, um, I'm doing a film, it's a short film that I'm working on all this week and next week that I'm shooting. And it's just literally just like, well, it's not the first one I did do another one. Um, but it's, you know, you've got to have a COVID compliance officer on set. We're all, we all have to test the day before. We're filling out a questionnaire at the start of the shoot, mid through the shoot, you know, uh, the rapid testing. It's just like, oh, my God. And and then even like a few months ago, I did a short film and it was me and another actor. And I, I felt so like, you know, we had to take our masks off for the shoot. Everyone else was in masks. But there's that moment where you're like, I don't want to because you know even though we've both been tested it's still a risk and we were right in each other's faces and I was like I just felt really just like uneasy and it ruined the whole experience and I wasn't having fun because I was like oh my god you know what if I get COVID and it was just it was just awful being on set during COVID and um now the numbers are starting to get a little bit better so not as like not as nervous but obviously all the precautions are happening um but yeah, it's <laughs> even when I was doing rehearsals this week and last week with the actors, we all had to be tested and everything. And then you go into that room to rehearse and just you just don't want to take your mask off. You're like, oh, it just feels so like naughty. You're like, oh, no, because now I'm like a total risk of the virus, even though we all tested negative. I, I don't know. Kind of just sucked the, the fun out of filmmaking. And then before, right before, like right before the virus in February, I was shooting the short film Alicia. And like, you know, the, there's like a scene in that where like me and this other girl, because um, I'm, I'm a vampire in the short film and um, it's kind of like a really kinky scene and we're like kissing and then like I bite her neck and like all the blood from her neck is in my mouth and then it's like dripping down into her mouth. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> if, if we'd have known COVID was coming, we were literally like spitting in each other's mouths. Like, oh my God, we would have absolutely got the virus. Like. So it's just it just makes everything so like scary, you know, like it takes the fun out of it because you're like, but yeah, it, it did affect everything because everything shut down and it's only now that everything's starting to like open back up and like there's auditions coming back and, you know, people are starting to cast their projects. So I'm hoping that changes and I can do more stuff, but man, it's scary because it still is really bad, you know. That's that's really interesting to hear just because, you know, there's a lot of TV shows coming back on now and some of them like they've they're doing the covid story as part of their story. You know what I mean? Like they'll be wearing masks in the show and then other shows. It's like it doesn't even exist. And you're wondering, boy, it must be a lot of work on the back end for them to 
deal with this and then not showing masks. Yeah, so that's really interesting to hear how you, how you've had to deal with it because it's kind of inside of it. Yeah, and especially because actors are like the only ones without the masks on set. Everyone else is masked like, we're following the rules. And then you're like, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, here, here I am, totally exposed um, for the scene. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. But it's definitely scary and it definitely affected actors. I know some amazing actors who've been out of work now for a year. And I'm like, it's just such a waste, especially because actors are always like just constantly aging. And I, I myself am like, I can't play this age anymore. I'm like, can I even play 20? And I'm, you know, I'm bitching to my husband, like, oh, I'm running out of time to play, like, certain roles. So I'm sure every actor, mainly probably women, are at home thinking the same thing. Uh, because, like, you know, your look is your brand, you know? Um, it, I, it, was, it was harsh on everyone. I'm just bitching. <laughs> Now, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you, no, you go ahead. All right. I was just going to ask, um, there was some exciting news about, um, last time, uh, you were on the dark discussion news network on a, a different podcast. Uh, it was like right the day before or two days before the release of the, the DVD of honeymoon phase. And, uh, I was curious how, how that went, uh, because it has a, a lot of features on it, uh, including you said, um, a, a commentary and then the alternate ending and all these other things uh, have, have, has that been going well? Has that been exciting for everybody? Yeah, we were, we were so excited. Um, we actually did just get a Blu-ray in Germany too. So we didn't um, get a Blu-ray in the U S but we did in Germany, which is really awesome. So we're going to get that imported and it's dubbed in German. So we get to watch the German version. Um, of the film which was weird for me because I was watching the trailer and it's it's me acting but with a German actress doing all the voice and that was so strange and surreal um to watch uh but that's really cool and also um yeah we were really pushing the DVD because of the behind the scenes because we did like a whole behind the scenes documentary and um you could watch how the movie, how we made the movie and that's also on the Apple TV version of the film too so if you bought the Apple TV version, it unlocks all those behind the scenes too to watch. But it's only on the DVD and the Apple TV version, which sucks um, because, you know, a lot of people watch it on Prime um, and not Apple TV. So a lot of people haven't seen that. Um, but it is really cool. So does if the you get Apple TV version have the alternate ending? It does, yes. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, that is cool. Yep. Barrett, you had a question you were about to ask before I interjected. Yeah, so I was wondering, so you do a lot of shorts. Are you, Have you thought about doing a series of any type of shorts, like a continuing story? So the only series that I'm potentially developing right now is um, the short film on our channel called Delicious, um, which is the, the one film that really took off on our channel. So like normally I was, <laughs> I was getting like, on average, like a few thousand views. And then all of a sudden, some TikTok star did a reaction to Delicious, um, which is a short film. And now the film is at like over 600K views. Uh, oh, wow. Because, wow. because of this TikTok review. And then a bunch of people posted um, reactions to the short film. And it just, it just, it just got a lot of attention. 
I don't think it really counts as viral. I don't think 600,000 is, but for us, it was like going viral. We were like, whoa, wow, like this is so many more views. And, and I had only had like, I can't remember how many, I think I had less than a thousand subscribers and now I have nearly 7.5. Like just from this video, it just like really helped the channel take off. It was amazing. Um, so, and a lot of people are subscribed and like the channel because of Delicious. So if I was going to put my money into a series, it would be on Delicious just because it has that audience already um, and is doing well uh, out of all my shorts. Uh, so I don't know how I would continue the story. I'm still working on it. Um, it's very like uh, Texas Chainsaw vibes where they're all cannibals. Um, so, you know, it would be like a fun slasher type get behind it i'm talking with the director now it was actually really awesome for her because i've produced with um britney snayman her name is before and this was her directorial debut um and it was just this little horror film we wanted to do and then it like was the biggest one on our channel and now i'm like man like you, you have to direct the whole series now so that's really <laughs> exciting for her and she loves gore like she's an sfx artist too so it would just be mental so excited I definitely have to check that out. I like gore, so yeah, and, and that's an awesome story to how how it became the you know six hundred thousand you know just some yeah. random person on TikTok saw it, thought it was pretty good, and decided to do a video and and it helped yeah. you guys out. So that's awesome. And also, so the lead um, girl in the short film, her name's Brielle. She's awesome. She's actually in the honeymoon phase too. Um, she's the cheerleader that gives birth to the baby on the oh, TV yeah. scene. Um, and she's she's in Delicious, and she apparently looks like a TikTok star. So people have been watching the movie because they think it's the TikTok girl. And you know, we're not complaining. We're like, if it gets the views, this is awesome. Like, we're not saying it's not her. <laughs> like, but they like legit think it's her. They don't. They don't know. So they think it's. It, we just got really lucky, which is really great for me and Faircrypt right now. That is awesome. Um, I had a question because you brought you actually brought it up uh, indirectly, and it's related to I guess woman actresses and and women in horror and and anything to do with the a woman and and uh, film. Um, you mentioned that at you know because of the COVID, you're, you're, am I going to be too old to play certain roles and all these other things? So is there a double standard in films with with women and and men? Um, and that's obviously there. Uh, the reason they do have a, a woman in horror month is specifically because of uh, the just film in general, never mind horror. People are, uh, or I should say, men, I guess, dominate the industry. And is it, do you, do you, what do you do as a woman to, in this industry and, and to get yourself out there and, and get good roles and things of that nature? Well, I mean, you're still new and you just become a, a pretty big star, at least for the horror community because of the great Holly, honeymoon phase film. But I assume you're, you're planning, planning out where to go and how to, I guess, move around the, the obstacles that you would have not being, I guess, quote unquote, a man in the industry. I feel like, um, so it's kind of just coming, it's, people are like acknowledging it more now, like trying to help women in the industry because it has been so male dominated. So for me, I, I'm just kind of coming into it. It's, it's great because people are starting to acknowledge it now and they are starting to really take it seriously. And like film festivals are doing like special like 
this whole festival is now just for women and just for women in horror as well. So it's, it's getting really specific, um, which is really cool because um, that's the world I'm now introduced to. I wasn't really introduced to it before. Um, so I think like the industry is trying to correct its mistakes now where they're trying to, they're trying to employ more women in like the power positions on set, like producers and directors instead of like, having male dominated for like the top people and then just like, you know, you know, they're trying to make it more even. So it's fair. And then also more like, uh, you know, more things from a women's perspective, because if it's directed by a different gender, it could be a completely different view on that story. Um, so depend on the story and, you know, trying to get the right people for that story as well. So if it's, if it's a film about like a woman going through something it will be better if it's directed by a woman because the vision will be different and more accurate than like a man pretending to know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like the industry is starting to correct itself now, which is great and super awesome for me. Who's just coming into it, you know, and not seeing the, the bad side of it. You know, I'm seeing like the all the support for women, which is awesome. It's awesome that we have the month too. Yeah, and and uh, it's pretty cool too that uh, your most popular video on Fright Crypt is, is directed by you said Brittany, a, a woman. So that that's kind of exciting too. And and I assume that that correction would also include not just the people in front of uh, the camera or even the the top people, but I mean, why can't uh, a cameraman be a camera woman or, or a light lighting man be a lighting woman and so forth? So it may correct all those things too, not just at the very top, but you know, every level of the, the production, I would think. Yeah. yeah. Which, is, which is great. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's changing to how it really should be. Nice. Barry, you were about to ask a question. No, I think I'm all questioned out. However, I wanted to compliment you on the honeymoon phase, and you did a great acting job in it, and I really enjoyed the movie. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you so much for taking the time for the interview today and uh, talking of the film. It, it really means the world. Oh, and we appreciate that you took uh, the time to even come on because uh, yeah, um, everybody's busy. I mean, and so many things going on with everybody that even with the the pandemic. And uh, we appreciate that you came on to talk about not only honeymoon phase but also uh, fair crypt and various other things in in your career. And thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. 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 All right. So that was pretty cool to get uh, Chloe Carroll. Uh, on to basically talk about uh, her latest film, Honeymoon Phase. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was a pretty good film. Yeah, so uh, that's cool. People can check out uh, Fear Crypt. And I, I noticed if you type it, it's two words, two different words. But you, if you mistakenly type it with uh, out the space, it still comes up. So uh, about 30 or so. Uh, movies there, including Delicious, which I'll have to be checking out, that's for sure. Yep. Um, and then uh, Honeymoon Phase is available anywhere to rent, uh, but if you do have Amazon Prime, you can watch it there for free if you're because that's a subscription service. And also, if you uh, use Tubi, uh, which is a, a free channel as well, uh, you can watch it there. Uh, the difference is, is that Tubi has maybe like two sets of um, commercials in the middle 
of of the movie um and and that's it but otherwise it's it's free and uncut on tubies and then of course uh, you can get it on disc um which has all the extras or just get it on itunes buy it there and you get all the extras as she said so uh yeah that's cool um so yeah let me hear your uh opinion on the film a little quick review we didn't even get that uh for the honeymoon phase um i liked the film i thought it was pretty well done um the uh, the main actor, um, I can't think of his name right now, um, he did a great job of playing crazy. Um, and she did a good job of showing the psychological changes she was going through as she started getting to know him better. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty well done. I, I thought it was a really good film. Yeah, indeed. And uh, uh, definitely a, a great film. I had it on my top... Uh, 20 of 2020 and uh, most of us did on the dark discussions podcast uh, when you joined us though you hadn't seen it yet right i had not seen it it would have been in my top 20 if i had 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 seen this in 2020 yeah yeah absolutely yeah so all right it cool. definitely so, beat out some of the films on my top 20 list oh yeah yeah i mean this is this is a great film because it's horror it's science fiction it's definitely uh even has uh, grindhouse elements uh, over the top stuff. So, so it has pretty much a lot of different, uh, stuff for a lot of different fans, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a pretty solid film. Um, all right. So let's wrap it up. Uh, so once again, this is Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews. Um, we did the quick opening cause we wanted to bring in Chloe pretty quick, but, uh, we can just finish it up here. Basically it's www.darkdiscussions.com is the website for Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews, which is one of the podcasts on the network. Uh, if you are a follower of genre news, you should probably check out darkdiscussions.com every day. Cause there's always columns, articles, release notices, all sorts of other things. We also have, uh, about five or six different, uh, interviews right now called, uh, horror and high heels, uh, basically women and horror month. And there's like six, uh, we're basically releasing one every day or so. And so, uh, look out for those. We're going to have some, um, uh, basically uh, all sorts of people, women in, in the industry that definitely, um, are interested in horror and have a lot of good talents. And we're basically, um, showing them, uh, or showing the readers who they are through these interviews. So I guess with that stated, Barrett, why don't you let us know? Um, keep an eye on Chloe Carroll. She's going to be someone to watch in the next decade. Um, she's got a lot of good stuff, and I'm looking forward to seeing new things by her. Um, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next time. You know I love you, baby, more every day. Sweetheart, baby.